0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton.
1: Welcome aboard for another Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady, and we'll bring in uh, Mike LeGrow here in a few minutes. He's the head coach uh, of the uh, Crosslex football program, did a great job uh, this year, and uh, it's going to be fun. I can tell already Mm. we're going to have a fun show uh, today, and that's without me even picking on you, Brady.
2: Yeah, well, I hope it's a good show because it'll have to hold everyone over until next week. We are taking thanksgiving off so no show friday we'll be back at it monday hopefully we can find a, a guest that live up to the pedigree of our first three
1: i was gonna make him do it and then he's like i got four dinners to go to it's
2: two but okay
1: uh, it keeps getting better it's like a fishing story every time i talk to you during the week you got, it's-, it's now it's eight You. <laughs> Why? Why? Really? Do You're going to fold the tent this early in the show? What do you want me to, what what I we to say? We haven't even to started that? the interviews yet. Yes. All right. Uh,
2: social media. Uh, at G underscore stuck on sports on Twitter, uh, get stuck on sports on Facebook. We'll post podcasts when they're live and any updates to the MHSAA, the pause, whatever that is. Okay. So you you can find all that information there when we find out.
1: All right, uh, we'll get things rolling in just a moment. To those who love the grind, run with us on a John Deere Gator UV because your daily routine may change, but the land stays the same. There's still ground to cover and a herd to keep in line. Out here, the work never stops. So keep going on a Gator UV with the power to forge ahead. Nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll. Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County
3: Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com.
2: Hey guys, Brady Bean here for TP Logos in Marysville. Located across from Walt Braun Viking Stadium, TP Logos has the area's largest selection of in-stock school spirit wear, corporate wear, and construction company gear. They do custom embroidery, custom screen printing, and are the fastest-growing uniform sublimation company in Michigan. Visit tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including things like Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. They're open weekdays, 8.30 to 4.30 or by appointment. Don't wait weeks for your gear. You'll get it in days with TP Logos.
5: Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people
4: Mama Vicky's, a port here on original since 1923.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: You're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady on the Tri County Equipment Get Stuck On Sports uh, podcast. Uh, good week. Good week.
2: It is Thanksgiving. It's always um, a good
1: week. And, uh, but a good week for guests, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, Mike LeGro is with us. Um, maybe the area is best kept secret, but not for long. Uh, if you yeah. stay in, in Cross Lex for a while, people are going to know your name. Uh, you did a great mm-hmm. job this year, and everything that I hear about you is good.
6: Oh, thank you. Uh, if my wife has anything to say about that, we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> she absolutely
7: hates moving.
2: <laughs> okay, then. I don't I mean, blame her. Well, and – Something kind of unique about you. You're a younger guy. You're what, thirty years old? Yep. yep. Years so old. you're thirty years old, the head ball coach of a pretty uh, program with a lot of tradition in mm-hmm. CrossLex. Usually a strong program. So, I mean, you took this team over. They were 4 and 5 last year. You go, you were what? Uh 7 and 2 this year going in or uh, 6 two. 6 and 2. Yep. Yeah, I I can't count with the shortened season and the playoffs that always throws it me off. It does mess it up, but yeah. 6 and 2 and you only lost to one team. That's a that's not a bad starting spot for you, coach.
6: No, it's not. Um I I thought the the kids really bought in this year. Uh you know, with everything that's been going on with the world recently, you know, I didn't have a traditional uh, off season with them I didn't have the you know really get to implement the strength conditioning program that I wanted right. to put in um, you know we weren't able to do seven on sevens or have a scrimmage uh, and with my no huddle offense a lot of our stuff especially for the skill guys it's all installed during seven on sevens mm-hmm. so uh, we had to really learn on the fly I guess and then we had that one week where we kind of were getting started on the traditional time and then yeah. shut down and we we're trying to figure out hey is this you know, was this working? Was it not working? Were the kids getting it? Mm-hmm. And then we come back after the, you know, I guess you call it the, the first pause. Yeah. Um, we got after it, and we just try to keep it as vanilla as possible for the first couple weeks. That's why, you know, the first half of uh, the M.L.A. City game, we, like uh, we all – the kids are saying, well, that was like our scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Well, That could have been it. You know, the kids are trying to figure things out. But I think it was them trying to get comfortable with what they're supposed to see and you know that was against a different color jersey. It wasn't right. Like you know, you can explain as much as you can in walkthroughs, and you know, going against your own guys. Well, you know, this when you're going against your own defense, mm-hmm. they know how you're going to run it, and they're oh gonna, yeah, they're going to attack it a different way than what guys who don't normally see that. They're going to cheat it, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, just kind of getting through that, and you know, learning the hand signals. I mean, everything. Like here's a formation. Here's a play. Here's mm-hmm. a concept. Uh, the nice thing with Zoom. Is yeah. that I could all through March through uh, the summer or until the summer was we did Zoom meetings with all different position groups like, hey, this is this, is this, here's right. this. And we were able to really do things a little bit more accelerated, I guess, that we mm-hmm. couldn't really do before.
2: Well, I mean, how hard is it, though? You're, tra- you're taking over a program. You don't really know these kids, and you have to build a relationship basically through a screen to get them ready for the fall. How hard was that for you?
6: I would say it was very hard. I mean, me being a younger guy, I mean, I was Mm -hmm. hired in at 29. Uh, They, you know, I relate to them fairly well. Right. Uh, I have cousins that are all roughly their age. Mm -hmm. So I understand a lot of them. Uh, And just had to gain their trust. Uh, Like I told some kids, I know I have some guys on there that have aspiration of playing college football. And I said, what level do you want to play? Let me see what I can do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, once you got the couple of those kids to see that I wasn't, you know, making that up, they're like, Oh wow, this this guy really cares about me. I want him, you know, I want to work I wanna work for him, I want him I wanna do what I can do for him. Uh, and we were almost a perfect pair, perfect mm-hmm. match. They had something to prove. And I've been doubted most of my life and I had something to prove. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where like I said, it was just a good match. We both wanted to prove something this year.
1: How different is it uh, a community like Croswell uh, compared to like kids who play in Saginaw or kids who play in Detroit or, or even kids who play in Port Huron? Um, is the smaller community – I know the tendency to, to, to be people really care about the team when the season is going on. They're right. interested in, in football, so you get a lot of uh, support from the, the community. But just the, the kids in general, there seems like there would be less to do for a kid in Croswell, so he'd be more focused on the things that he can do, like play football.
6: Right. Uh, I think I made the that joke of that where, you know, what else is there to do in Croswell? We'll come out and play football. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no movie theater. There's nothing like that. You know, you, if you want to go do something, it, it's at least a half hour, 45-minute drive for you to go do something. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the kids just decided to do sports um, That f- to our benefit. You know, we have kids that, uh, come out that are just good athletes that care about just that one thing and they are really good at it. I mean, if there was other things to do, I wouldn't have the 50 plus kids show up to summer workouts. Um, you know, there's less distractions, I guess you can say. Uh, I love the small town atmosphere. I joke that since Croswell, Crosswell lexington is two towns into one, I pretty much have, it feels like it's two hemlocks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's like it's it's two hemlocks combined because that's where I, where i've coached before it's, it's literally the town of hemlock and the town of hemlock hey let's combine in this one school <laughs> and because it's pretty much if you take the enrollment of hemlock you times and you double it that's pretty much what we got here
1: yeah uh, people don't understand that there's actually a lot of schools in the area so it's not like you're drawing from this big area because Peck kids go to Peck, Yale kids go to mm-hmm. Yale, right. Sandusky kids go to Sandusky, Carsonville kids go to CPS, so you really just have your, your two little communities.
6: Yeah, and uh, they they love their football, let me tell you. Uh, that's all I heard when, when I was going through the entire interview process was this town really loves football, and they do. Uh, people were trying to, you know, with the limit of people trying to get in, I've had people text me or the assistant coaches, Hey, how can I get in? Right. How can I, how can I help? How can I volunteer to be able to get into the game? So we had a lot of people that wanted to do like chain gang. We wanted mm-hmm. a lot of people that want to do stats and, you know, film the game for us, just anything that they could done just to get in. Cause they wanted to see the, uh, see the games. And then we started streaming them on, uh, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I guess like the local restaurants in town were streaming it on their big screens at the, uh, You know, so people can watch them. It was, it was pretty much, it was a pretty big deal for everybody in town.
2: Now, before the season even started, there just felt like there was a buzz around the team. I remember I went up for the the basketball team, had a golf outing, and I mm-hmm. went up there with some buddies. And going out in that, there was just, like, people were just talking. Like, they just, it, I don't know, it felt different this year. And just coming in, we talked about it. There, just, there was this buzz around the football team. Like you said, they were excited to play, and you didn't disappoint. I mean, the first, Crosslex's first playoff win since 2012. It's, uh, I mean, a very good season. It's yeah, it's like you said, they love their football and you could definitely tell that maybe it's because they got you, you new coach, young guy, exciting. They were ready for this year.
6: Uh, they were, like I said, they, they, the, especially my seniors, they definitely had something to prove. They wanted to show that that four and five year, you know, that's not them kind of deal. They wanted to show that they are a team. They, they wanted to prove that they belonged in the BWAC. And mm-hmm. that was our rally cry. Every, every uh, week was prove that you belong, prove that you belong at the top. Um, I remember right before the Richmond game, uh, you know, they had, it was say, it was their second home game. I think it was their last home game of the year. It was their senior night. And uh, I know they had restrictions on who can come in, but there were people wrapped all around that parking lot mm-hmm. right there, ran that end zone where we're warming up, and you could just hear them. You know, it, it almost felt like it was a full house in there because they were just letting us have it in that end zone. <laughs> and. I brought them all together I go you hear no one here respects us they just think that it's going to be another year where they're going to beat us here by 40 points and they're going to go about their business I go you're going to come here and you're going to gain their respect by beating them on the field and we go out and put 36 on when they don't score a point point. and we went right back to where we were warming up puddled them there and I had it so my voice was projecting towards them and I go that's how you gain respect to people in the BWAC and
2: we ain't done yet well I mean yeah you mentioned that again First time Croslex beat ri- Richmond since 2012, so you kind of like as a coach, as my chair decides to <laughs> slide down on me. Um, as a coach, you know, kind of getting rid of those those negative things that people say, because I think we talked about it with Emily City. Yeah, uh, they knocked off uh, who who was it that they beat? Uh, Almont. For the first time. Yeah. And uh, with Armada beating Richmond for the first time in so many years, just getting those negative things that people say, well, you've done well, but you haven't gotten this, haven't gotten this. I mean, one year in, you've kind of knocked off two of the big ones already.
6: Mm -hmm. And it's just having something to prove. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've had – Naysayers, most of my life tell me that, you know, I'm not going to amount to anything when, when it comes to this game of football. I was told that in high school by my own classmates. I was told that by my family when I, you know, went to college and played. They're like, oh, you know, you'll be back. You know, because, you, know, right. you know, being you know, me being a former D3 player and us being so close to Elma is that people are like, oh, I don't know if he's going to make it kind of deal. Um, made it. Uh, you know, I even – uh, try it out for the local professional team in the, the arena stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to yeah. tell us that story. Yeah, that's going to yeah, be – we're going to ask
2: you that in the next segment because yeah. that's a funny one. Yeah,
6: it's it's a good one. Um, and, you know, made it there, and I just I just kept on proving people wrong. And when it comes to coaching, like, people you know, I would try to talk ball with some people, and they didn't want to hear it. It was like – because I was an offensive lineman in high school. Like, yeah, hey, you don't right. know anything. know, I was like, all right, whatever. So yeah. I just kind of – went through my whole th- deal you know everywhere I was, especially at hemlock I asked to keep on taking more and more responsibility and mm-hmm. I was given that and you know I just kind of took what I learned there and I ran with it uh, the kids just ate it all up I, I have some you know I had something to
2: prove the kids had something to prove and we made sure we did that Well I think you proved a lot in the first year and I know uh, people have definitely taken notice. So I don't think you're going to have the element of surprise next year for anyone. No, no. That, anyone.
6: say that was the nice thing is that no one knew anything about us, mm-hmm. and I think the whole no-huddle offense that we run really shocked a lot of systems because I noticed it in the M.L.A. Uh, City game the first time around was, like, in the first half they were really sticking with us. I said, well, that's a really good football team over there. Like, mm-hmm. like this, we're here for a dogfight. And then I noticed that the gas tank – Drained on them because our goal is to snap the ball every fifteen to twenty seconds.
2: Well, when you look at the offenses, usually in the thumb in the b it's ground and pound. Take it, all right, four yards in a cloud of dust. All right, let's, take our, up. let's, let's eat up this take, entire 40 yeah. take seconds. thirty-nine seconds to yes. snap the ball. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna have five possessions, but we're gonna score four touchdowns, and you're gonna get four possessions, and we're gonna win.
6: Right, and yep. when you start, you know, I, I want to say we had at least two or th- two or three. You know, drives that were one-play touchdown drives this year. We had a couple that I think we had probably five to six that were three or less plays for touchdowns uh, for drives this year. And so it, we were we were quick strike. If we, we saw something, we took it. Um, but you got to have the athletes be able to do that. You know, uh, I'm not married to one offense, I guess is the best way to put it. You'll see if you ever come to a game where we can go four or five ro- uh, wide and then two plays later we have two tight ends, a fullback, running back, and we're running, you know, power running game stuff. It just comes down to what's there and is there anything to take advantage of.
1: Yeah. Uh, Crosslex kind of uh, historically since I've been here longer than I care to admit mm-hmm. has been a quarterback school. Um, some of the best blue water area quarterbacks come out of Crosslex. Tell us about the quarterback you had this year because he did some good things for you.
6: Jake Townsend is a, is a phenomenal athlete. Um, you know, it just – he wasn't a quarterback last year before this. He was a receiver on the JV team. Mm-hmm. Um just kind of grew into his body a little bit, put a little bit of muscle mass on. I remember watching him, uh, when I got uh hired in, they introduced me at a basketball game and I was watching this sophomore point guard just controlling the floor and doing everything. I'm like, man, that guy's just a good athlete. And he's oh and I noticed that he was left handed. Like, oh, he's left handed too. That's a little little different. And he's just he gets it. That's the best way to put it. He asks questions. He uh he asked me like, "Hey, can I audible this? If I see this, can I do this?" and all that kind of stuff. Because everything we do is all hand signals. Right. So he can sit there and see something, look, and he can look at me, and I can give him like, "Yeah, go for it," or you "No." Know, mm-hmm. And he'll sit there and change. You know, if he sees the press coverage, he's changing this route to this route just so he can get a better look at it. Uh, takes everything in stride. He's asking questions. He's uh, saying, "Hey, this is what I'm seeing. Can we get something to attack that one high safety to get him out of the bo- or, You know, out from right. the top." Right. Uh, Hey, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not feeling the cup pocket today. Can I can we move a little bit and it, he's just he gets it. Right. I mean, and his, that's
2: kind of rare in high school to get a uh, a very high Q heavy guy.
6: Right. And his dad played uh college football at Wheaton. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's uh just a good family that get I want to say his older brother plays baseball at Concordia. It's just a highly athletic family.
1: Yeah, there's, there's been Townsend's for a long time. Oh yeah, It's kind of like, is there a Schwehofer at uh, Saint
6: Clair? Right, <laughs> and, and and the seven games that he played in, uh, threw for I think just over twelve hundred yards, uh, for seventeen touchdowns and ran for another six touchdowns and about two hundred and fifty yards. So I mean, he had a he had a great uh, first
2: season in the offense.
1: Yeah, that's that's the other part. First season in the yeah. offense
2: uh, uh, through those first seven games that he played in forty three point seven points per game. That's, that's a lot. lot. That is a
6: lot.
1: So, obviously, the the offense gets a lot of focus. But I want to talk about your defense because other than uh, North Branch, not a whole lot of points against you this year by teams.
6: No. uh, Mike Sheridan, who's my defensive coordinator, does a phenomenal job. Uh, It also helps that uh, when nine of your 11 starters are returners, Mm -hmm. uh, seven of those being seniors. Uh, When you have a four-year starter in Zach Surgent, who we asked to stop playing Mike Linebacker and start playing uh, strong side defensive end Mm -hmm. and is still leading the team in tackles at that position. He was a game wrecker for a lot of teams, made a lot of teams one-handed, and the problem was you decided to run away from him. You are running right into Carson Bowling, who was a three-year starter at defensive end, who was also getting looks at from college. Right. Um, You had the Butler uh, Twins in the middle who are basically the same person, same athlete. Uh, like, they're, they're twins, and they they worked well together in our 4-4 look. Uh, our outside linebackers were good. Joey Knoll uh, was probably one of the better outside linebackers I've seen because he was so versatile that if we had to go to a too high look, he was comfortable enough to bump out the strong safety look. Uh, you know, we had uh, uh, Sage Slannick who is just a good two-way athlete. He was playing corner for us. Uh, he had two pick sixes here. Like, he didn't make a lot of, like, tackles because he didn't have to, but when he was there to make a play on the ball, I mean, he was taking it the other way. Right. Uh, And then we had a sophomore, uh, Nolan Moore, come up halfway through the year, and he had a great, uh, I guess, say, second half of his – uh, varsity season because he was mm-hmm. playing the first three games on J V and the beauty thing of that five quarter rule was hey let's give you up for some garbage time and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And that was the Elginac game. Right. And his first play of varsity football is a pick six the other way. And we're like, okay, this kid probably
2: blocks yeah. up here now. You go that's that's a way to make an impression. Right. You're you're in the game one play, boom six points. So all right, do we need to take a break? We'll take a break and then I wanna I want to come
1: back and we'll ask a coach's story about Uh, playing some some pro football oh yeah (laughs) this will be good we'll be right back
0: To those who love the grind run with us on a john
1: deere gator uv because your daily routine may change but the land stays the same there's still ground to cover and a herd to keep in line out here the work never stops so keep going on a gator uv with the power to forge ahead nothing runs like a deer search john deere gator for more Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com.
2: Precision Care has been locally owned and operated in Marine City and has served the Blue Water community for over 25 years. Precision Care is the leading property and landscape contractor in St. Clair County. Always looking to hire the best people? Check out their website at precisioncarellc.com. Click on the Application for Employment tab and send in your resume today. Precision Care is a proud supporter of local athletics at all levels. Call today at 810-765-7968. For all your landscaping needs, it's Precision Care, LLC. If you're not listening
0: to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and uh, Coach Mike LeGrow from CrossLex uh,
2: Football. Uh, who? Uh, th- this is an interesting story. How-, how do you want to get into it? uh let's just start at the beginning because you didn't really have any interest in playing professional ball or you weren't planning on trying out for no the i wasn't
6: off. at all to be completely i lost a bet right uh i was uh coaching my first year right out of college so in 2012 uh, i was coaching at freeland high school where i graduated from mm-hmm. and i was uh, an assistant coach on the jv team and uh the kids uh they were like Hey, you know you're still in shape. You should go try out for the for the Saginaw Sting up here. It was the pro team in town that played at the Dell right. Event Center, and I was like, no, guys, I'm old, I'm washed up. There's no way I can't do that. And they're like, okay, fine, fine, fine. If uh, if we go seven and two, you got you got to try out. And I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, it's, I I was like, this is a five and four football team. I yeah. know this league. I know this conference. All right, all right, cool, whatever. So we go 9 and 0. And uh we beat everybody by about 42 points a game. And after the 7 and 0 uh
2: game, I go, "Oh, crap." I like, got- did you forget about it and then someone reminded you, or is that in the back of your head after every game? It like- was in the back of my mind. Like you're I, was, like, ha- I uh, was happy. I was winning, like,
6: yeah. but I was like, I got to get back into shape. I got to Yeah. You know, I got to do this, got to do that. Um And I was thinking, well, what's the best way for me to probably play? And I was like, oh, I got to become a center. (laughs) So I was a left tackle. I was a tackle in high school. Mm -hmm. I was a guard in college, and I just slowly kept on making my way towards the middle. Mm -hmm. And I also taught myself how to long snap. Yeah, I
2: long snap too. So uh,
6: my roommate, one of my roommates in college, was the kicker. The other one was a long snapper. Mm -hmm. Third one was a fullback, so it was we were a weird, interesting group of people to live with. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite the crew. <laughs> it was quite the crew. Um, so
1: kickers when I, might be the only people worse than goalies.
6: Th- <laughs> uh, if if my buddy Michael Gala is listening to this, he w- he was a different kind of dude. He was a kicker punter who uh, I remember he came back from practice like, oh man, today was a good day, and me and my fullback buddy who just got done beating the crap out of each other, right? We're like. What are you talking about? It was a good day? It was 100 <laughs> degrees out, and we were just out there for four hours. It was not a good day.
2: <laughs> we had a kicker um, at Wayne State that by the he was like a sixth year senior. By the end, he knew like he'd do the kicking and what the, the periods were, and he'd leave like 30 minutes into practice, and no one ever knew. Or they didn't care because he, like he'd kick do his thing and just leave. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Much it. When it wasn't it wasn't what a special team session, he was out there just playing
6: catch or just oh, yeah, water or whatever with his with our other roommate who was long snapper who did nothing else besides
2: long snap. So mm-hmm. they were just playing catch all day. Yeah. Um. Maybe once in a while you have to be a pawn for a scout team and stand in a position just to get a look. Maybe. No, nope. nope. Oh, oh, no, no. Oh no. Oh no. Not Albie. You're gonna have a ton of guys. Oh yeah. We had a ton. We had a ton of guys to be able to do that.
6: But yeah, I uh, taught myself how to do that. I tried out. Uh, made the training camp roster mm-hmm. uh, my first year in. I actually got cut and I had to, you know, try to figure out, like, okay, so yeah, I did it. I knew I was going to make it, that right. kind of deal. And then some team in Flint, the Flint Fury, who was a semi pro team there, called me goes, hey, we, uh, do you want to come play? I was like, Maybe hey, you, you gonna pay me money? Like I'm not just gonna, <laughs> I'm not just gonna come here and show up, right? And he was like, "Oh, we're gonna be playing in the uh, the CIF-FL with the Saginaw Sting and all of them, right?" He goes, "We got a you know a team dropped, we had to fill in." I was like.
2: Which, for those listening, if you remember the port here on Patriots, Predators, or Pirates, that's the same league that we're talking about right yeah. now. Right. It was and, at one and point
1: often was, they would play semi-pro teams from Detroit to fill the right. schedule.
2: And then at one point it was called, I think, the the GI G L I F L. It was the, the Great Lakes Lake Football league, league briefly. Yeah, the, and then it was yeah. the
6: C I F L, then the A I F, and then yeah, yeah there was all all kinds of stuff. But uh, so I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I'll, I mean, I mean, I guess I'll play. You know, mm-hmm. see where it goes. And uh, actually ended up playing at uh, McMoran. Mm-hmm. Uh, we beat Port Huron. Believe oh, it or yeah. Not. Everyone did. With, no, no, no. But oh. same,
2: we were, it was a oh. semi-pro team. Oh, oh I remember that game. They yeah. tried to drop kick at the end of the they game. They did. They missed it. <laughs> yeah. So we went out there. If, if anyone knows anything
6: about arena football, was that this is a pass first, like mm-hmm. 50 passes a game. We went out there. I'm playing uh, the right guard tackle spot. My college roommate is playing fullback. Uh. Kyler Ellsworth, if you guys remember that name at all, Kirk Ellsworth uh, yeah. from Goodrich. Okay. Uh, was it, was Kyler the one, the older one or the Kirk? I can't which, one, which one played at state?
2: I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah. There, there was bad? one
6: that was a walk on at state, playing the Rolls Bowl. His <laughs> older brother was playing tailback for us. Okay. And we're just running, you know, leads and powers <laughs> and dives and arena
2: football and right. Which again, if, if you don't know, you're playing on a hockey rink, basically yes. with carpet on top.
6: Uh, yeah, it is. But that's sand-
1: how the Pirates won the first year. Rashawn Askew, mm-hmm. they just gave him the ball 30 mm-hmm. times a game, and he wore the other team down. Uh, carpet carpet is generous.
2: It's sandpaper. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, I, I rem- and if you don't know, I did. I was the mascot for the Patriots when I was in high school. So we've been in the same building before. Yes. So that
6: is small world. Um, but after that first year uh, – I decided, like, oh, I guess I'll play. I'll try the semi-pro thing for mm-hmm. a summer. And I played with the Flint Fury at uh, Atwood Stadium. Beautiful facility. It mm-hmm. Just, you know, needed a little TLC while I was there. Uh, played on the same stuff. It was AstroTurf. It was. Oh yeah. It, it was. It was not fun to get tackled on that. Uh, then I was like, oh well, I guess I, I got invited to work out again with the Sting. Made it for two more years off of that. Um, got to say cool things like I tackled Juice Williams. Right. Uh, who is a Rose Bowl quarterback. Uh, I mean, I had teammates who were in the NFL for, you know, they had their cup of coffee there and, you know, were trying
2: to get their way back up there. It's, or, it was such a weird grab bag of talent. Because you have guys like that that, like, got on a roster or, like, got invited to a training camp and just right. kind of washed out or came back home. Like,
6: I I remember uh, my first start, uh, we were playing the Chicago Blitz, and I'm in the huddle, and next to me is a two, two-year starter at Purdue. Mm-hmm. My other tackle next to me was a you know a two year starter at some other you know D one school. The quarterback was uh like the third or fourth string quarterback during preseason with the New Orleans Saints, and I'm sitting there I'm like I should not be here, <laughs> like it's one of these things should not belong and it is me. Uh, I mean I, I mean I'm not small in anything. So I'm I'm like 6'2", and I was playing. I think my playing weight was two ninety five. Right. But these guys next to me were both like 6'5", mm-hmm. 330, and made me look extremely small. I mean, it was, it was uh, insane. People don't
2: realize the level of just size that the, the top-tier athletes are.
6: No, it, it, is, it is completely insane. I remember we were playing uh, who – I can't remember who it was. But the nose tackle across from me was like a third-round draft pick for the, for the Rams from, like, LSU. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm from Freeland. I graduated with 130 <laughs> people. What am I doing yes. here? And, not, uh, not only do they get
1: bigger, but they don't slow down. They get faster. Oh, no, no, it, 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 is, it is
6: it is very much uh, the welcome to college or welcome to pro ball moments. Uh, I remember my freshman year in uh, college, I was lined up, and Freeland is a Division 5 school. Uh, you know, your average defensive end is probably, mm-hmm. what, 6 foot, maybe 200 pounds.
2: I'd say that's a bigger defensive end. Yeah, in high school, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely a bigger
6: defensive end. When you get to 200, you're, you're a beefy guy, yeah. especially at a small school. And I remember I lined up for my first one-on-one pass rush, and I look up and here's this six foot four, 245 pound uh, man mm-hmm. from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, and he was a redshirt sophomore, junior, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And I went to go kick back, and he just stabs me in the chest with his hand. I like don't know what to do with myself, yeah. and he just dumps me, and I'm like, oh, this is college football. This is going to be fun. Like That was day one right. for, for full pads. Like I'm in, I'm into this for four years. Oh, my God. Like
2: Which I know there's a lot of talent in this area, but people have to realize just because you're good for the Blue Water area, just because you're the best in the BWAC or the MAC Silver does not mean you're anything when you go to a college team. Everyone was that good on a college team. And that's
1: team. every sport. Yes, every sport
6: you play.
2: I had a, uh, I had a teammate that was
6: drafted by the Lions mm-hmm. uh, back in 2012, right. Chris Greenwood, yeah. uh, and that that was the best athlete I've ever seen in my entire life. And he didn't make it. Right, kind of deal. Like he got, he injuries got him. He you know bounced from team to team. And this guy ran a four three four forty. He had like a forty five inch vertical. I remember we were playing like pickup basketball you know, in the middle of yeah. winter just because we were bored and we didn't know what to do That's with all ourselves. you could do at LB. Yeah, right. And uh, he comes out of the uh, weight room after he gets done with the workout and the ball rolls. So I'm like, hey, Chris, bring the ball back over here. He just takes a couple of dribbles, two steps, and 360 dunks it. We're like, get out of here. You're not playing with us. Like, just get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Like, the offensive linemen are here. Get out of here. Like,
2: <laughs> we don't right. need
6: that. Uh, but he was just insane. And going out to practice, I remember my senior year, uh, you know, we're going down to our – game field because we practice because we just got turf put in so we, that's where mm-hmm. we practice too and walking down the steps Arizona Cardinals, Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers, Baltimore Ravens scouts just lined up just to look at this guy and he was unbelievably fast unbelievably gifted and I remember when he when I talked to him after he was you know done playing I go you didn't make it man he goes I goes no I tried Canada for a little bit it wasn't for me um, you know I'm just going to go to work now
2: yeah and I was like and this dude didn't
6: make it. Yeah. Like, what makes it? Like, what, what kind of guy makes it if that's not what makes it?
2: Like, that's the it's the 1% of the 1%. I right. had a teammate, offensive tackle. His name was Nate Theaker. He was a grizzly bear of a human being. He was 6'4", maybe 6'5", built like a Mack truck. And he, like, you watch game film and he would just maul people, right. annihilate them. He got a, he was on the practice squad for the New Orleans Saints for, I think, one year and maybe was signed to a practice squad for 10 days total after that. And, right. he, and I'm like, that dude was the – like, he got mad once in the locker room and I've never seen so many grown men just go, nope, don't talk to me, turn around and shrink in size. And, yeah, like you said, that doesn't make it.
6: What what, does? What what makes it? Mm -hmm. Um, Barry Sanders. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, Another funny thing, uh, a kid that I played against in high school who ironically went to Hemlock, Mm -hmm. uh, his name was Zach Mathias. He wound up going to Wisconsin, played in a couple of Rolls Bowls, Mm -hmm. and he didn't make it. But every one of his teammates did. Like, uh, I want to say he got married not too long ago, and I want to say Travis Frederick was, like, his best man in his wedding (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. And just a guy from little old Hemlock, Michigan – and, you know, and biggest, strongest offensive lineman I've ever seen
2: in my life in person. And that didn't make it. Right. Which is why when we still talk about that 2011 St. Clair team, because you had an NHL player and a two MLB, well, a major league player and two minor league baseball players on that team from a town of, what, a couple thousand people, a few thousand people. That's why. Well, here's
6: a, here's a crazy thing. Uh the starting right guard for the Kansas City Chief, Andrew Wiley, yeah. is a Hemlock kid. Really, he just didn't graduate from Hemlock. He ended up uh, going to I want to say Midland High, but same built, you know, right. same size as what uh, Zach was. But he was, uh, I think, he ended up going to Eastern, make you mm-hmm. know, did a practice squad somewhere, moved around for a little bit, and then found a home at Kansas City. But you know, this town from Little Hemlock, Michigan, yeah, that you know, their graduating classes are about the size of maybe eighty. Has had two division, you know, that town has produced two division one athletes in a very short amount of time at the same position.
2: Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: it's insane. Did a game in Hemlock very early in my radio career. Did you? I don't remember much about it except that we tried to set up a crowd mic. Yeah, and somebody came up and yelled into it, Mm. so I had to shut. Uh, I'm sure that yeah.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, I've I've had a very interesting uh, like. Way to get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely the I would say the the path less traveled. Um, you know, I told myself when I was doing the arena stuff, I'll play till I'm you know 27. If nothing comes out of it, I'll call it I'll call it a career. Mm-hmm. I actually had a workout with like the uh, what was it the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? They were yeah at, yeah uh, they were at a workout for uh you know because we were practicing. They had a couple of us stay back and you know get a workout that way. So you know, I'd at least say I. Yeah. Had, a, had a shot at it uh nothing came out of it but it was one of those cool things saying that at least had a shot um and i i had the whole deal of like why not do it if i don't do it you know am i going to regret this kind of thing and i didn't like the fact that you know all throughout your life people tell you when you have to stop playing you right. know when you're in high school the mhsa says hey you graduated yeah. get out of here uh the ncaa says hey you're out of eligibility get out of here and i you know, when I, when I actually got into it, you know, when I did lose the bet, I, right. I started thinking about it a little bit more. I was like, you know, this might be something I might, you know, want to do. I don't want to have someone tell me I can't do it. Right. And when I, uh, I actually stopped playing when I turned 25, I just turned 25, and my body just couldn't take it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I, I tell the kids all the time, like, you know, how is it different? I go, playing the game's easy. I can play the game all every day. It's the recovery period that sucks. Yes. And still having to work out. Right.
2: Still having to go to practice.
6: Right. And uh, when you're in high school, you play a game Friday night. You know, Saturday morning, you're a little sore. But by noon, yeah. you, you feel pretty good. I mean, you're yeah. back to it. You bounce back. And in college, you play Saturday. Most of Sunday, you're kind of. Sore, you're feeling you're feeling it a little bit, but you you know, you kinda survive well, it. Yeah. Also depends
2: bit. where. By by your senior year, you're usually like so okay. Senior year, yeah, it takes yeah. a little bit. You're like, all right, it's Tuesday, I'm halfway there.
6: Right, and then uh, when I was playing uh, in the CIFL, it was, you know, you play your game, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, of the mm-hmm. day it was, it felt like you were in a car wreck until <laughs> Wednesday, and that's after you went to the to three times just to get everything back into place where it should be. <laughs> and, of you know, the first practice of the of is never – any kind of pads. It's all walkthrough because we're all old and we yeah. can't we can't touch each other because we're gonna fall apart if we did. It, it was just I go I can play a game. I'm just gonna take you know right now. They're like, could you play a game right now if you had to? I go, yeah, I probably could, but I'll take three weeks to recover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, plus throw in uh, the the nice bus ride for. Big athlete like a football player, scratched oh, yeah. up on those charter those, those, buses, getting to go to
2: Erie, Pennsylvania, and yep, uh, yeah, yeah I've,
6: I've been to Erie, uh, played the Erie Explosion a couple oh, yeah. of times. That's a that that is a beautiful facility, by the way. It, 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 if you ever been there, it's a great facility. Uh, you know, I got to say, I've been to cool places like you know. McMorran is a pretty right. cool place. Did, when I, you went
2: to Chicago, did you have to play in that like makeshift youth soccer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That they, they put a tar- so it's an indoor soccer arena, and they put a oh, m- so they didn't use Sears no. Field or whatever that's called. No, no. no uh, I want to say
6: they, uh, when Detroit had a team, Detroit Thunder, I think. Yeah. They were, they played at like the Taylor Sportsplex. It wasn't even yeah.
2: a- well. Then they played in McMorran. Yeah. but anyway, <laughs> at this place in Chicago, they it was an indoor soccer arena, and they put a tarp in front of the net. Because it was like built in, yep. So they just put a tarp there so you wouldn't go into it. And when you kicked an extra point in the one end zone, it would go get, get caught in the lights because the things that held the lights up were too wide, so it'd go in, hit a light, and just sit it, there. it
6: was a very much a makeshift. Like you made it up in your backyard, kind of yes. to Make it work. There, a lot of stadiums or arenas had their own like house rules, mm-hmm. and that was like one of the ones for that. Um, I wanna say the places that were really built, at least the places I bed for like an arena football team was McMoran was built for it pretty well. Right. Uh, maybe their ceiling could have been a little bit higher. That's yeah. probably was the one complaint. Uh, the Dell event center oh, in Saginaw is great. Uh, Pirani is set up very mm-hmm. nicely as well, but they didn't, we didn't have a team there. We actually played in their soccer complex when we did <laughs> play there. It was, it was weird. Um, and, uh, Oh, was it the Erie, Pennsylvania yeah. one? Was another one that w- that was just set up perfectly for it. it w- actually, I want to say they're like the one of the G like, the Erie like Bayhawks, who was like the mm-hmm. G League team for whoever in the NBA. That's where they play too. So it was kind of a nice facility. Did, did you
2: ever play in Dayton? Was it Hera Arena? Huh. No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay, because no. I know that they are lucky because <laughs> I know you spent a lot of nights in Dayton. Yeah, uh,
1: th- that's a hockey setup that was brutal.
2: <laughs> Absolutely brutal. All right. I think we've rambled on long enough. Let's pay some bills and we'll have some more to talk about. All right.
7: Services. Services LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC.
2: located across from Walt Braun
1: Viking Stadium in Marysville.
4: Preferred Charters is a privately owned and operated transportation service located in Michigan for the past 13 years. Well known for customer service and well maintained equipment. From sightseeing tours to conventions, corporate transfers, sports teams, parades, sporting events and private charters, Preferred Charters has the wheels and wherewithal to ensure the smoothest ride with drivers that are the best in the business. Call 810-982-7433 and let Preferred Charters do the driving.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: Uh, Just telling horror stories. That's great. Um, Well, you'll remember this, uh, Brady, when they used to make the announcements in the game. If the ball goes in the stands, please throw it back because they don't have enough footballs. Yes, yes. They started (laughs) out giving away the footballs,
6: but then you had to trade it in for something.
2: Yeah. So,
6: oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember uh, one of the like team meetings I had. Like, after you score touchdowns, please stop giving it to fans. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, if there's a little five year old boy right there, I'm going to give him the ball. I mean, right. I'm not scoring any touchdowns, but if I you would, did. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great.
1: Coach but- Mike Lagro is uh, with us. Uh, if you don't know the name, you should because uh, he's the head football coach uh, up at uh, Crosslex. Um, where do you want to go from? Because we've talked about just about everything uh here so i'm going to ask you about a a couple of teams you played against Mm -hmm. this year because uh and and you're not going to want me to bring up emily city but i'm gonna bring up emily city for one reason why the the first time you guys played them tight for a half and then you guys pulled way away Mm -hmm. the next time you played them i don't know how the game went but i know the final score was closer
6: yeah. Um. Actually, that final score probably the second time around probably could have been a lot closer than what it was. It took Kirk Wilson getting a uh a scoop and score with only a couple of minutes left in the game to really seal it. Um. I I told the kids all year the hardest thing to do in football is beat a well coached team twice, and MLA City is a well coached team. Uh. They they run their offense extremely well. Um. Which seems like the entire T or <laughs> thumb runs the T, um, so you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, so it's just you know they were they are well coached. They they had answers to some things. Um, you know it's just the one benefit I guess for us is that uh, if you know schools around here are used to seeing the T every day at practice, when you start seeing four and five wide sets, you know right. people don't know exactly. They're not comfortable comfortable in space because they're not used to being out in space uh so that was a lot of it was that we were able to take advantage of a lot of our quick strikes like they would score you know they take 10 plays to score a touchdown and then we get the ball back and it's you know i think we got one to isaac lerma right away and it was a one play for you know 70 yards and a touchdown Mm -hmm. it only took 13 seconds and uh that's what a lot of was i've noticed that a lot of teams especially like emily city would try to uh slow us down You get a lot of dirty looks right. from
1: your from your defensive coaches after those quick scores?
6: <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, no. no. Uh, I the there would be some times where they'd look at me like, Hey, let's slow it down and I go you know, I was like, What do you mean slow it down? <laughs> like fifteen seconds and we're out of here kind of deal. Right. Um and the and the things well the kids never wanted to slow down. They they wanted to keep going. And uh, you know, a lot of th- things that we used to say all the time was, you know, all gas, no brakes. And <laughs> we were, they, they lived by that. That was their whole thing. They they wanted to be all gas, no brakes.
2: Well, how good is it to have a bunch of kids that buy into what you're saying? How much easier of a job is that for you when the kids are rallying behind your message and you just, they start repeating what you're saying?
6: I mean, it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't to, lie to you. Um, it's, it's a good feeling. The kids, you know, like I said, they wanted to prove it. They, mm. they, you know, they wanted to show that, you know, the year before was a fluke and, you know, they were, it was pretty much the same team that came back. Uh, like I said, there was like nine starters returning mm-hmm. on defense, and uh, there was a good chunk of returning on offense, and they wanted to show that, you know, they belonged, and they bought in. And, you know, it, when you I, – I guess what it is, we also had really good senior leadership. Uh, I mean, most teams say they had like one or two captains. I can confidently say I had probably about seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, to the point where, you know, one of the nice things about this year, I guess you can say, is that you could only do one captain – go out and do the hand you know the coin flip and the Mm -hmm. handshake or i guess you can you can do a handshake it was like you know wave and you know they flipped a coin and they went from there and it was a different kid every week because that's how many in my opinion how many captains i had and it was just if something wasn't going right somebody was on someone to get it going uh i didn't have to do a lot of you know correcting and practice because the kids were correcting themselves they would like if i sat there and i you know call to play and a kid ran a, a dig and an out right you know jake's over there telling him, what do you You know it's it's a you know mm. run this it's this concept here's our rule this is what you're supposed to do and it, when it comes from the kids it seems to resonate a little bit louder right. than if it comes from one of the coaches saying hey remember you know on this play you got to have a, you got to run an out not a dig right
2: because i mean the i mean i always heard uh playing that coach-led teams are good player-led teams are great and elite Right. That's when it makes the difference when, yeah, you don't even have to correct something. Your quarterback's already getting on the receiver because he messed up. That's a sign of a good culture and something you're building up there, which, again, you usually don't see in year one of a regime.
6: Right. Um, and when I was at Hemlock, it was, it was some, one of those things that it took a couple of years to get going. Uh, our first year, we uh, went three and three and six. Uh, played Franklin with the first game. Uh, actually put on a little bit, you know, it was actually a good game. I think we only lost by two touchdowns. But then we came out, and uh, the TVC uh, Central at that time was, you know, the Freelands, Swan Valleys, uh, Elmas, all these bigger schools. And Hemlock being a D6 school going against D5 and D4 schools in that area, it was tough, uh, tough sledding. Uh, the conference then flipped, and we ended up going 5-5 five and five the next year. We lost to Millington in the first round of playoffs, I think it was like fifty six to nothing. It was it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Um uh that was when Coach uh was it uh Coach Beers was there. Uh he had a set of his set of twin boys were there, one was a quarterback, one was a running back and they were just that was a good football team. Mm-hmm. Uh the next year we went I wanna say six and five and four again or six and three and we played Millington again, but we lost seven nothing. So there was this clear we're making progress. Yeah, uh, right. Going on, and uh, next year after that we end up going seven and two, and really kind of like started turning the edge. I coached the JV team, and the way we had it set up, and we we do it here. There's no JV varsity staff; it's an offensive and defensive staff. Okay. Uh, we don't. Uh, you know, that allows our coaches just to worry about one side of the ball, game plan for one side of the ball. And we get to see all the kids all four years every day. So, uh, like, those decisions, does a kid need to be called up halfway through the year? Well, I don't need to take anybody's word for it. I can just see it for myself. Right. And it, it, it's actually very unique. My staff isn't very big at uh, Crosslex. There's me and four other guys. Wow. Uh, There's uh, me, who is the head coach, and I call the plays on the varsity, uh, but I also coach the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have uh, Coach Phil Jackson, who is the JV head coach, but he's the receivers and quarterbacks. Uh, Bryce Davis is our uh, defensive backs and running backs coach. He flip-flops from back and forth depending on where we need him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then Mike Sheridan is the defensive coordinator for the varsity buddy's linebackers coach and then, right. uh Chris Zelensky is the defensive line coach and he calls the plays on J V games. So we all have a piece of the pie together. We're all game planning together for both the varsity and the J V. So it's we're building the entire program, not just the varsity.
1: You know, a lot of times they talk about how teams have to learn you know to lose before they learn to win. Right. Um, how about coaching staffs at the high school level? Because you're cha- you're you're changing out players pretty quickly. You know, the, the, you never have guys more than four years. Right. Uh, and a lot of times you only have guys for a couple of years, depending on when you when you get there, where the class is at. But for coaches, after a time, uh, I'll use Marine City as an mm-hmm. example because yes. they're the most dominant. But for years, couldn't get by Marysville. For years, couldn't get by Orchard Lake St. Marys. But finally, one day, they figured out how to beat those teams, and now they're the team everybody's trying to figure out how to beat.
6: Right. Um, I guess we can compare that. Like, for us, when we were at Hemlock, it was Ithaca. Mm-hmm. We we couldn't get by Ithaca. It was uh, – the joke was it, it was an Ithaca thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there were sometimes you see scores that teams just lost before, you know, Ithaca or themselves got off the bus and took the field. Um, and – we had to try to tell them every game, like, hey, this isn't the team that won, you know, how many state titles. Yeah, that this... didn't lose a game for five yeah. years. This isn't that group. I, I had a teammate in college that was on that team. Oh, he that's... Was, he was insufferable at times. Oh, at I'm sure. Um,
2: <laughs> there's, there's always those guys. Right. It's like, dude, you're in college now. I cool. Was like, yeah,
6: fantastic. <laughs> um, he was also a kicker. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he got to kick a lot of extra points. Right. Um, and... Sorry, Nick. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and the JV teams, we started getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And there was one year where we lost 7-0. And it was, we dropped two touchdowns in the, you know, two oh. touchdown passes. And it should have been, you know, 14-7. to seven. And then the next year we had it and my JV team beat them. Mm-hmm. And we looked at it together as a staff. We go, it's here. We're here. Like here it comes, and that varsity team that same year end up we played at Alma College and got off of uh They having a loss, so they had a lot to prove. They lost I think Palamo that first week by a little bit, and they were okay. they they mm-hmm. they responded back pretty good. Uh, then the next year we end up, which was last year, we end up beating them thirty six to 30 to 30 to six, 30 to six yeah. Says. And uh, that was just a. Great game. It was just perfect. Uh, you know, we we kind of did like a two quarterback system. It was really really strange. We had a an athlete in Brady Devereaux who was just a stud quarter. Uh, just I can't say quarterback because he wasn't really a quarterback. He was just an athlete. He mm-hmm. plays outside linebacker at Saginaw Valley now. Okay. So this kid is six foot three, six foot four, two hundred fifteen pounds, and. He's a all-state 200 meter runner, all-state uh, long jumper, three-year starter on the basketball team. You know, he was just a guy. I think in two years on his varsity uh, career, he had almost 4,000 yards rushing and like 40 touchdowns rushing touchdowns. Uh, but he couldn't throw the ball to save his life. And we uh, we joked with him, you can't throw the ball. We know you can't. If you see green grass, just take it. And um, the cor- the quarterback that was there this year was also well, Gus. I guess you can say your change of pace quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's weird to say that for a quarterback, but that's what he was. He was the one that was throwing the ball. And at the time, uh, Brady was also again looked at for other positions like receiver or mm-hmm. tight end. So we're like, well, why don't we – that's probably what he's going to play in yeah. college, throw him out there and see what it looks like. And he ended up having a bunch of – like, I think he caught a – I think one or two touchdown passes that night against Ithaca where he just – he was the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple things where, you know, we saw things – After seeing them, we literally designed our offense and our defense to beat Ithaca. Like, how are we going to do it? And Mm -hmm. we figured it out, and we, after seeing enough film on these guys, play them enough times, because if you wanted to win the conference, you had to beat Ithaca. Right. And it just was a perfect storm that night. I mean, the kids were motivated more than anything, because all they've heard all their life is that you're not going to beat Ithaca. Right. You know, they've got stomped by them all all their lives. And they went out there, and we had a sophomore running back that year who – just couldn't go down. I mean, he was a great runner for uh, for us. He was a, another great runner that I think he had like twelve hundred yards rushing this year as a junior. But he, like I said, perfect storm, and it was one of those things like, holy crap, this is like, this was this was the mm. movement of the program. This is what we built for four years to get to this moment kind of deal, and it was really nice to have that happen. Especially for the seniors that wanted that to happen.
2: Yeah. Now you obviously big Saginaw guy, grew up in the area. Yep. Like those conferences, how do those compare to like the BWAC and and over here, kind of farther east, uh, like with the some teams being in the MAC, some teams in the BWAC. How does it compare, and what do you what would you like to see? Well, uh, the
6: TVC, which is the I guess say where the most of the Teams in the area are in the same conference. Mm-hmm. In the Saginaw, you're either – in the, I guess not just Saginaw. In the Tri-City area, which is Saginaw, midland Bay City, you're either in the SVL mm-hmm. or you're in the TVC. And uh, the TVC does this thing where they look – there's two different divisions. There's an East and a West, mm-hmm. uh, and they do it like every five years. There's some sort of realignment based on enrollment, and it's and it's mostly just enrollment-based. So the top eight teams are in – the big school division, the next 10 are in the small school division. Okay. And that's just how they've done it. There was three divisions at one point, but everyone's kind of, you know, with the rules for playoffs back then was you had to get six wins. So, and everybody didn't want to play in TVC because if you went five and four, you know, you might not have made the playoff, but you could have been one of the better teams in the state. You Mm -hmm. just didn't know it. Because, I mean, look at Freeland and Frankenmuth right now. They're both going to be playing in regionals. Right. they're both in the top ten in the state. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just it, it's what it was, and um, the the BWAC reminds me a lot of the TVC that I played in when I was in high school, uh, where it's all D four and D five schools, and, and it seems like whoever won the BWAC or oh, sorry whoever won the TVC that year probably had a legitimate shot at taking it, mm-hmm. or at least making a a run at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, looking frankly with the past couple of years, uh, Swan Valley. Yeah, it was not a state championship game and a state fi- a semifinal the year after that. I mean, there there's teams coming out of that area, and you know you compare that to uh, the BWAC right now. Almont, you know, yeah. they they want a nice low run. Um, they uh, North Branch is on a nice low run. I'm um, hoping that we can have ourselves in that conversation in the next couple of years that we're on those little runs ourselves. I mean, Algonac. Made, right? Algonac made, a couple years yeah, ago was on that what, run. Yeah,
2: three straight regional finals. Made it to a state semifinal the one year, but
6: you know? I I like it. Uh, I think it's nice. I like the uh, the rivalries that are involved with it. Uh, I you know, I, I kind of I like them. I, I mean I feel like the, the one with Yale, there's a trophy involved. I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean the bet, you know regardless if you know if they're good this year, we're good this year, we're both bad, whatever. That's you know I yeah. I want that trophy. The,
1: the thing, it's an eight team league. It's always been an eight team league since it's been around. And there have been a lot of years where five teams right. make the playoffs. That's a good league in my book.
6: Right. Um, and it just comes down to, like, how, how do you perform in your non-conference games? So that's normally your – if you can tell if it's a good league or not. If, you, if you're going out there and everyone's winning their non-league games, or at least winning most of them, you probably got a strong conference. Um, but if you're going out there and you're playing these non-league games and everyone's getting stomped, mm-hmm.
2: probably not a strong league. Which is why it was kind of hard to tell where everyone stood in the BWAC because it was insulated. Right. They only like you only had the comparison points of each other. Well,
6: uh, here's the thing with our non-conference schedule. If you would have looked at it, Williamston would have been our Week One, mm-hmm. who is a top ten D four team. Exville Garber was going to be our Week Nine, who has three Division One athletes on their team. Yeah. Uh, who just took, uh, you know, who were, I think just won or lost one game all year, not including the playoffs. I mean, they were both phenomenal football teams that would have been what I would call, you know, measuring sticks. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to have our, that's what I like to do for our non-league games. Where's my measuring stick at? Where are we at compared to where everybody else says this other team is at? kind yeah. of deal.
2: So I imagine you're gonna you have probably more connections over out west. So you're try to stay out there, or do you want to keep more local teams in your non conference? Or because I mean, a measuring stick's kind of hard in high school because you never know what a team has coming back or right. what they're bringing up. It's not as uh, easy, I guess.
6: I mean, I, I like I said I have a lot of connections from all over the place. Like uh, I talk with Corona's head coach mm-hmm. uh, every once in a while. He's an Albion alum. Um, I, I guess I can use those LB connections right. quite often. Like I have a, another teammate of mine that's at Detroit Country Day as an assistant coach. Um, you know, I'm always reaching out to those guys. Like, hey, do you guys want to? You know, do you want to scrimmage? Do you want to do seven on sevens? Do you want to do this? And I kind of like to use those things. Like, okay, where are we at? Let's compare ourselves to a team who should be really good this right. year and see where we are kind of uh, at that point. Um, like scrimmages, uh, I know Corona has been talking to me back and forth, trying to want to do a scrimmage with us because uh coach Robinson there knows what I'm trying to do here with my program I know what he's doing with his program and he's like I'm gonna get a couple of good teams in it we're gonna roll it and we're gonna go from there and that way we're all prepared come the first week
1: coach we're definitely gonna be bringing you back yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> a very I mean I know we probably went over what we normally do but this has been a fun a fun talk and we again probably could have went for another hour so easily oh yeah <laughs> So thank you for coming in. Yeah, no problem. And thanks for reaching out. That You make our lives a lot easier. You make our listeners' lives a lot easier. Well, it's no problem. I mean, you guys have done a lot for us uh, this year from, you know, getting kids
6: exposed getting the school exposed mm-hmm. out there. Um, you know, it's just nice to be able to, if you guys need help, I, I'm willing, I want to help out because you guys have made, you know, us known. I guess, I mean, the, like I said, I was apparently like a secret, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. I, well, our, our crazy dream yeah. is to one day have a, a third – channel and have it be our
2: BWAC
6: channel. Well, then, who knows? That'd be that'd be cool. I think because there's a lot of good football at the BWAC.
2: It there is. Just, and it's disappointing that we only get to cover two games uh, 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 on a Friday because I know we both, there's
1: always a third game, and it's yes. usually in the BWAC where, boy, we wish we could watch Crosslex-Elmont tonight yes. or Elmont-North Branch Both those Branch North or Branch games Richmond, I know you wanted to be out there for – Crosslex our, or mm-hmm.
2: whoever, yeah. We were hoping you were going to play that game on a Saturday so we could sneak <laughs> out there, but – but, no, uh, we were very excited. It's nice to see uh, a young, energetic guy taking the reins at a at a good program. And I expect you're going to have more uh, good, good days than bad up there.
6: Uh, I would hope so. I mean, uh, the guys, uh, like I said, they've they bought in. Uh, you know, everyone's supportive. The the administration's been very supportive throughout this whole deal. I mean, and the funny thing is, though, I was moving halfway through this entire thing. I mean, the Algonac, I was joking to you guys before yeah. the, we started, uh, like the moving – truck was somewhere on 46 while kickoff was happening <laughs> and and there was a lot of things going on I was driving from Saginaw two hours one way for most of the most of the season just to make things happen when you have a, a wife and a one-year-old at home my my wife has been great through this entire thing it's it's, it's been a very fun interesting experience for my first year and I, I was I was glad that it could have been as successful as it was
1: all right, Coach Mike Lagro from Legs. Brady and I are taking the rest of the week off, so don't look for us on Friday, but we'll be back uh, Monday, Monday. Yes. with the next podcast.
0: From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.